Major support for Out to Lunch is provided by the law firm of Jones Walker, established in 1937 with over 375 attorneys in offices throughout the U.S., providing a comprehensive range of services to a local, national, and international client base. JonesWalker.com. From Tsunami Sushi in downtown Lafayette, we're Out to Lunch with Christian Maida, editor and publisher of The Current. It's business Acadiana style. Welcome to Out to Lunch. I'm Christian Mater. Let's say you want to own a business, but you're not sure what kind. The Clever Idea is probably a good place to start, but believe it or not, you don't have to have your own concept or business model to own your own business. You could own a franchise. Franchises are everywhere in the American marketplace. Think of ubiquitous fast food brands like McDonald's or Jimmy John's. It's a 500 billion, with a B, billion dollar industry representing 750,000 individual franchises nationwide. Owning a franchise solves a number of problems for entrepreneurs. They, they don't have to worry about branding or recipes or product development. Franchisees buy a license, in essence, to sell a brand on their own terms. Burgers might be the most common kind of franchise, but it's not the only way to go. And if you live here in Acadiana, you might want to own a Boudin franchise. Boudin is big business in this market, and as Acadiana grows, so too is its never-ending appetite for Boudin and specialty meats. One of the very best-known brands in the business is The Best Stop, a staple in Scott, Louisiana. But thanks to a new franchise, you don't have to go to the Boudin capital to get your fix. Shana Crater and Danae DeVille are the owners of a Best Stop franchise in Karen Crow and own the rights for locations in Lafayette. Shana grew up in Broussard, and she and her husband run a jewelry store and have a portfolio of real estate investments, so investing in Boudin was a natural fit. Shana Crater, welcome to Out to Lunch. Thank you, Christian. Uh, Danae didn't have to buy into the Best Stop way of life. <laughs> she was born into it. She's the oldest grandchild of Best Stop's founder, Robert Cormier. Growing up around sausage makers gave her the envie for owning a Best Stop of her own, and when franchising became an option, she brought the idea to her friend Shana, and the two now find themselves in hog heaven. Danae DeVille, welcome to Out to Lunch. Thank you. So, Shana, I got to say, um, you know, I grew up in Lafayette. Uh, there was a Como's gas station across the street from my house, and, like, that was the boudin spot, right, that I went to. And so it got me thinking, like, for a lot of people, like, the where you eat your boudin is, like, always the place that's near you. People tend to be very local, like, loyal to, like, their boudin spot. So when you're shopping for a franchise, right, um, are you having to bet that people are going to convert from their boudin place to best stop you know as opposed to like venturing out to scott to get best stop right um yes and no um i think they are they'll tend to go because of the name uh it's recognized very quickly in the acadiana area mm -hmm. um i think they'll stick to their scott location but i also think the ones that are closer in our area will be so happy that we're there i know that they are right now um yeah so yeah so i mean it, it, just fill me in. I mean, was this like the first Boudin franchise opportunity? That like, could you have bought into Bios in Broussard if you wanted to? No, no, no. And, and were you dead set like it has to be Boudin, or was it I need a franchise and Boudin came along and you said this is the right place for me? We were actually just looking for a, a, a business to invest into a different business, and this just came fell into our lap. Yeah. So, Danae, you know. I kind of wanted to talk to you a little bit about just sort of the, the family side of this, meaning like, you know, the best stop name and where it came from. I mean, obviously, you know, I, I imagine when they decided to franchise it, there was a thinking, well, I guess we could grow the business that we have. The other route, right, that you could take is a chain, which means like we retain ownership, we grow the company that way. Do, do you have a, a concept of why they decided to go the franchise route as opposed to like keeping it more within the family? Um, I think that 
they didn't want more headache. Okay. <laughs> or overhead, <laughs> sure. should I say. Yeah. They didn't want to have to man all of that themselves. Right. And it's just easier for people who are entrepreneurs and they want to have their own business without having to have their own brand and grow that. Um, and so they just, as the best stop franchise, they just take a cut off the top and mm -hmm. it's easy. <laughs> Did you, so like growing up in a boudin family, I mean, I grew up the son of a civil engineer and I was like, you know what I don't want to be when I grow up? A civil engineer. <laughs> Um, did you think to yourself, like, you know what, I don't want to grind boudin when I grow up. I mean, or was it, a, so was it a thing that you had to come back to and say, like, I do love this? Or, or was this kind of where you always imagined you'd end up? That's absolutely right. Like, we all worked there and we all ran out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, I couldn't wait to be 18 so I can work somewhere else. Yeah. Um, but it's like, it's just so part of our core. Mm hmm um and as you grow and mature you we really just uh, majority of us yeah um came back yeah um just there's just a passion for that um I mean, do, do you think that the fact that kind of it opened up as a a franchise option that made it easier for you to come back if that makes any sense like the idea that like hey you know i can kind of buy back into this business this way instead of as you said right like have to convince the family to sort of grow it in this for harder more overhead yeah, it's a it's for me i think it was an easier way to uh represent my family sure. and uh stretch that brand without like having to work in the business in scott with all of my family um that that makes it hard mm -hmm. sometimes um you know working with family is hard yeah being a franchisee for my family business is, you know, there we all have to go to Christmas together, you know. So, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, sure. you know, there's there's a line. Yeah, and uh, I was an, um, just an entrepreneur at the at the core. Yeah, and this was like just no, there was no second thought. Sure, I mean, <laughs> um, Shana, you, you and have done like you noted, you've kind of looked at real estate investments and things like that. That's something you've already done. I mean, franchise or no, investing in a restaurant is a very different kind of step. I mean, did, was that the kind of thing that you felt, I don't know, was there any anxiety about stepping into a business? Like, look, even if the recipes are established, you know, a lot of the front of house kind of prop parts are, are, are done for you. But running a restaurant of any kind is tricky, right? I mean, yes. so, so did you have prior restaurant experience or was this like really the best option for you? And you're thinking like, I want to get into food and well, this way I kind of get it all packaged together. No, actually, uh, we didn't. We never had that in mind that we wanted to be in the restaurant business. Yeah, um, it was after praying a lot, and uh, you know, we were always praying for the opportunity to be able to invest in a different business. And yeah. this just came along. Danae offered it to us, yeah. and looking at all the information about it, the financials, yeah. we were like, this would be dumb not yeah. to do this. Um, so, <laughs> okay, <laughs> that's 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 what made us you know do it we knew we were making a right decision we know we're taking a huge risk but that's sure. the part of business and as a uh, business owner i mean is buddha like a a high margin food i mean i i guess i don't really have a clear sense of like buddha economics i feel like this is something that we should talk about i mean i've eaten a lot of buddha right in my lifetime i grew up in lafayette but i mean you know i, I generally think of it as a food that's 
pretty cheap to buy, you know, so does, do the margins work out? Is it that much cheap? Is it cheap to produce? Yes. It's uh, it's pork. Well, pork is on the lower end. Yeah. Uh, there's a good bit of rice, which yeah. rice is very cheap, um, and onions, and it's there. I mean, yes, the margins... It's yeah. So I mean, it, it's it's not exactly something where you're. you're because a lot of times, restaurant margins can be kind of tough, right? I mean, a lot of restaurants will uh, they make all their money on drinks, for instance, right? Mm-hmm. But they make very little on food. I mean, does a boudin business actually make money on boudin, or are you guys making money on like the other products that you sell? So from what I gather, they make most of their money on boudin. Okay. Um, and the rest is kind of line up. <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, like the specialty meats. Yeah, uh, sure. Everybody that goes in to buy specialty meats, nine out of ten is going to buy boudin. Right. And so that's really where they make their money. Yeah. yeah I mean, so when you franchise a, a brand like this, are you looking for ways to put your own spin on it? Or is it just the idea of bringing the established brand to, say, from Scott to Karen Crow? Like, so once you kind of set up that... Cajun market in Karen Crow, is there a thing that I'm going to get in Karen Crow but I can't get in Scott and vice versa? No. As of now, not right now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. The only thing different, we're going to have a drive-thru in Karen yes. Crow. Okay. Yeah. Mm, that's it. That seems dangerous. <laughs> I mean, just like if you make, make the buying of Boudin more efficient, it would just seem like... Sounds great. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so why did you guys settle on Karen Crow? Is it because it's you know, a growing area? Was it just your, your neighborhood? I mean, what was the thought there? Uh, Steve actually grew up in Karen Crow. Okay. We always uh, envisioned ourselves to be back in Karen Crow. Uh, but that the re- actual reason why we picked Karen Crow for the best stop is because it is the next up and growing uh, community, such as Youngsville. Yeah. It's been blowing up. Yeah. And did, I feel really dumb asking this question. Was there not like a lot of Buddha and Karen Crow already? I mean, like, you, you want to make an assumption because it's just like Acadiana, they're everywhere. But I mean, like, did you have to do a mark, like some sort of market research there and say, well, you know, this is an underserved boudin market? Well, the other two boudin, uh, major boudin uh, businesses are in there, Don's and Billy's. Yeah. Um, it's really important, uh, I think, for my family. My grandpa, he always talks about being along uh, an interstate. Okay. And so that's an, that was a appealing for me to be um, on I-49 that mm-hmm. runs north and south you know best stop is on I-10 it runs east to west yeah um, but no there's no lack of boudin in <laughs> in Karen Crow and just like there's no lack of pizza places in Karen Crow sure but yeah. it it just works yeah I mean, have, have y'all thought about I mean I mean, I know this is kind of early going, right? You've got the spot in Karen Crow, but you own the rights in Lafayette. I mean, is the vision here that you could bring Best Stop even further outside of Acadiana, maybe outside of the state? We would love to bring Best Stop outside of the Acadiana area. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. We have our eye. On, we have our eye. You have your eye. Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. A little I east. Out on that. <laughs> a little east. Yes. <laughs> um, so I, I'm curious to know a little bit more about the non-Boudin sides of <laughs> running running the business. I mean, um, so, you know, obviously, the, the, talk to me a little bit, Shana, about besides, say, Boudin and Cracklin. I mean, you mentioned specialty meats. I mean, when we're talking about specialty meats, what are we actually talking about? Like uh, stuffed chickens, um, stuff with Boudin, different types of items, uh, seasoned meat, mm-hmm. like seasoned steaks, se- uh, 
seasoned chicken, like, uh, pork, pork tenderloins wrapped in bacon, yes. duck wrapped in bacon, yes, um, sausage, yes, lots of sausage, lots yep. of sausage, andouille, uh, is it? Yeah. yeah, one of the big ones. Uh, all smoked sausage, fresh fresh sausage, we'll be making all in house. Mm-hmm. I mean, <laughs> w- when y'all say in house, I mean, is it being made on site, or I mean, or is there a distribution location? I mean, how, how, like, what's the actual production side of this look like? So the Best Stop has the Best Stop Cajun Foods. It's a wholesale uh, facility mm-hmm. next to their store in Scott. Okay. Uh, they produce all the boudin, um, anything that pertains to boudin. So boudin, smoked boudin, uh, the boudin stuffing for the boudin balls, yeah. um, and wraps. Mm-hmm. Um, they also do a select uh, smoked sausages, um, their tasso and andouille is in there, uh, and we have to we purchase that from them. Okay. Anything else, such as the specialty meats, the fresh sausage, and some of the smoked sausages, um, will produce in in house in Karen Grow. Okay. Uh, hamburger patties, um, that kind of stuff will be in in-house so are you having to on that side of it when you're talking about the special the stuff that you're not buying at wholesale and you're making it in-house i mean are you having to how deep does that go i mean do you have a butcher i mean is it coming in that far or is it just like you're buying you know pre-made stuff that you're having to kind of assemble i mean i'm just trying to get a sense of like as you're kind of transitioning to that side of like the manufacturing side of the business i mean does that come with its own different set of processes that you need to deal with now Yes, absolutely. We, and we will have like a team that will just specifically uh, produce the specialty meats. Yeah. Not necessarily a butcher per se, sure. um, but we, we will do our training at the Best Stop in Scott, and they will train us on how to, how to do all of those things and, uh, using their recipes. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then we, we will train, continue to train our, uh, that team of mm-hmm. people. Uh, that are going to produce the specialty meats. You're listening to Out to Lunch. I'm Christian Mader. I'm talking with Danae DeVille and Shana Crater, owners of the Best Stop Cajun Market in Karen Crow. So I, I'm curious to know a little bit more about the actual, like, kind of how the, the costs of setting up a franchise like this, franchise like this break down. I mean, like, so, you know, you have to pay for a license, right, to get to be able to sell Best Stop products. I mean, but how much is that? not literally the actual figure, but I mean, like compared to say, like, you got to start a, you know, find some real estate, you got to set up a business, you got to get labor and overhead. I mean, you know, what is it about? I mean, it seems like there's sort of an added cost to have to sort of buy into the brand, but like, so is the overall process of starting a franchise very expensive? Like if you're talking to somebody, you're trying to convince them, hey, franchise is a good option. I mean, um, is it an expensive process to go through? Uh it is and it isn't compared to some franchises. Yeah. Uh, we that's one of the reasons why we saw a great opportunity uh, to swoop in and swoop it up. Yeah. Um, and one of the reasons why we want to open more. Um, but compared to like some of your bigger names, yeah, uh, it is le- less. Yeah. Less expensive. Yes. So I mean, on the sort of the franchisee side or fran- franchiser franchisee. <laughs> I mean, does does. Boudin, like, so like, you know, I'm thinking of like brands like McDonald's, right? And those are franchises, but there's a good bit of control that, say, McDonald's exercises over its franchisees. You're going to sell this, you're not going to sell that, right. you know, and, and you, it's like, 
does the franchise arrangement work similarly here? I mean, like, so you mentioned that there are lots of pizza places in Karen Crow, but let's say you go to, you know, a spot where there's not a lot of pizza and you're like, you know what? There's an opportunity to make best stop pizza here, right? I mean, <laughs> is that venturing too far outside of the brand? Like, is there anything that prevents you from doing that? Yes, we have to get permission for anything new, any kind of new concept that we may think of on our own. Uh, we have a list of everything that we can sell, yeah. but anything else outside of that, we would have to go to them and require permission, ask permission. And, and does that sort of, is that limiting like the kinds of products you sell and, and also the, like the way that it's made? I mean, yes, it limits it. Yeah. It, well, limits, it's sort of it like limits it to what they what I mean, they have, what they have yeah. which is a lot. Like sure. We're, I mean, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't think anybody would look at the menu and say it's limited. I guess what I mean is it's like the, the, the sense of, you know, well, I mean, maybe people in Karaka are like their banana tastes different. I mean, I don't know if they do or they don't, to be clear. But I mean, like, you know, if you wanted to respond to, say, uh, y y your market demand and say, well, you know, people are thinking we could use a little more salt or a little less salt or something like you know, how much, I'm just trying to probe for how much flexibility you have to sort of change the way the franchise works on an individual basis. No, zero. Zero, zero flexibility. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Yeah. But it's I mean, so I guess the trade-off there it's is. It's the only way to keep, it's the only way to keep the brand consistency. Consistent. Right. I mean, That's it's. a big deal. Yeah. It's a big deal. Well, sure, and I guess it's what you're sort of buying into, right? Is it the cachet of the brand overall? And if it dilutes, then what's the point of going to Best Stop? Or at some point, like, right. you, you kind of, yeah, all right, I, I follow that. People expect Best Stop. Like, they, they go to Best Stop Scott, they expect Best Stop Karen Grove to have the same thing. Yeah. Because um, it, it creates a good product. I mean, is the, expect, is the expectation sort of that, you know, somebody within the Cormier family would be affiliated with one of these franchises going forward? Or is the idea that you could, say, like, have a – I mean, look, the McDonald's story is a great one, right, because you have somebody, I think – goes all the way to California, right, or something like that. In fact, like people, in the, you buy the franchise, the, move it all the way to Louisiana for, you know, they have no connection to the original McDonald's folks. I mean, is the idea that this would stay within a few degrees of separation from the family, or, or is the hope that maybe one day you could sell a Best Stop franchise in Buffalo, New York? <laughs> yeah, yeah, You anyone could buy a Best Stop franchise. Okay. You don't have to be affiliated with the family. Okay. So, I mean, did it make you feel more comfortable, Chana, kind of getting involved in a franchise knowing that somebody was connected? Like, does that influence your thinking and getting involved at all? It did, absolutely. Uh, it gave us the more want to, to want to do it. And uh, it's just awesome to be able to have a family member inside our store and building it with her mm -hmm. and all the ones to come. Uh, it definitely, it was a, a giving factor. Sure. Um, so, I mean, in terms of like that quality control piece, I mean, are how is that actually done? I mean, is that going to be up to you two to make sure that it's adhering to those standards? Do you have somebody from, you know, Best Stop HQ and Scott showing up to be like, you know what, this is not quite done right. I mean, how, how does that actually done? So once we leave the Best Stop and Scott, the training there, yeah, um, they have a team that will come over uh, to the character location and, and they will continue to train us in our facility and and our employees making sure that you are indeed following the recipes mm -hmm. when you are creating their product um and people talk you're you know they're gonna know <laughs> if karen crow's product tastes yeah. different than scott sure okay and so it's a very small town we That's live right. in <laughs> right 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 um they're gonna be visits of course 
um, reviews that they're going to come and do of us yeah. uh, to make sure that it's staying consistent. And then in, in the meantime, uh, we are going to have to make sure that our employees are keeping that consistent. So talk to me a little bit more about the training. I mean, so is this like a credentialed Boudin training program? I'm like, is it like going back to school? I mean, how long are you <laughs> having to learn? I mean, you grew up around the stuff. I presume that like you kind of had maybe a little bit of a leg up on doing it. But I mean, what is this? I like, mean, what does Boudin training look like? I haven't worked at the best stop since 2005. Okay. And it's grown yeah. substantially. They have way more products. Mm-hmm. Um, they never really let me have a knife. So <laughs> <laughs> I don't really know. I mean, yeah. I have an idea, yeah. you know, and I, I'm, I know I have the ability, sure. but um, definitely need training. <laughs> okay. I, I mean, I haven't cranked sausage since I was like ten or. <laughs> yeah. Shana, are you gonna let Danae have a knife? <laughs> no, the knife is for me. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, d- does that seem intimidating to you at all that you would have to like learn the process at that level? I mean, are you hoping to stay out of the kitchen? Maybe. I mean, like, what, it, to no. what extent do you want to be part of the actual boudin grind? I, I want to be involved in all of it. I want to know every aspect of how it works. I think as business owners, each of us should yeah. uh, to be able to teach our employees to know our materials, yeah. to know our food. Um, so I, I want to be all in. So, I mean, I'm curious, has the Boudin, like business overall changed a good bit? I mean, you talked about you've been since 2005, Danae, uh, since you've worked in the, the rest of I me, mean, you're kind of coming back to it in a, in a way like 15 years removed or so. Does it besides getting bigger of course has the business changed you know in terms of like what people expect how it's done um i mean it's changed in the products that they offer sure um i think the hype hype for boudin has changed um since since i was younger um you know best stop was the only boudin place in scott Mm -hmm. And then, uh, then Don's came, and then Billy's came, and then it became the boudin capital of the world. And I, I feel like when it became the boudin capital of the world, it kind of it it, it, cha- it it made it more like of a delicacy. I feel like people like want it more, mm-hmm. or it's just cool. I don't know, <laughs> <laughs> but <laughs> uh, I, I definitely feel like it's it's. It's always been a competition, you know. Oh, I like this one or I like that one, but um, I think it's just more of a not a fad either. It's just <laughs> yeah, sure. Yeah. More of a heritage yeah. food in. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. People are. I think people are just um, they're not wanting it more, but just uh, appreciating, you know, appreciating the good food, not just boudin. But appreciating the specialty meats mm-hmm. uh, business that we have here, a food we have here, uh, people are just really thankful. I think thankful for that. I mean, Shana, did you see that Boudin seemed to have like a hype around it now? Is that part of what made you feel like you should get involved in this? They're like, wow, there's this kind of it's going from you know gas station staple to you know delicacy to use Danae's turn I mean it, w- w- was that part of your thinking like I gotta get on this boudin train now before this thing turns into a boudin rocket ship and I'm like I can't catch it I feel like we felt like we need to get on this best stop train now before <laughs> we can't catch it 
I mean, what was it about the Best Stop? I mean, like, I don't know if other franchises would have been available, to be clear, but I mean, what was it about Best Stop specifically that made it feel like the right investment for you? Uh, because we've always known the Best Stop. It's always the go-to. I mean, we live in Youngsville currently. We yeah. drive all the way to Scottsdale, Boudin, and if you talk to many people, uh, I was talking to a lady at my orthodontist office yesterday. Yeah. Uh, she lives in Opelousas, and they drive all the way to Scott. So when she saw that we were coming up in Karen Crow, she's like, I'm in trouble. <laughs> <laughs> so why not start in Youngsville if that's where you live? Well, because someone bought the Broussard territory. Oh, yes. there you go. Yes, so we can't we can't do anything in that radius. Wow, yeah. okay. Yeah. So it, it's already locking down. Yes. Like, so if like I want to get that best stop franchise in... I don't know, rain or something. I better go out and do it, is what you're saying. Yeah, you're better. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Well, um, is I, look, I've always really been fascinated by, I think it's kind of the franchise concept is an unheralded version of how people can start their own businesses. And a lot of times folks look around the landscape and they say, well, you know, here are chains. And I think what people often forget, right, like is a lot of these franchises are small locally owned businesses, which is what Best Stop would be. Yeah, obviously it was in Scott before it was franchised, but it's really cool to see that as it grows, it will continue to sort of be passed along in that way, right? The people that sort of operate their own local versions of Best Stop, wherever it is, if it's on the moon, it could still be, you know, the moon locally operated Best Stop. So um, thank you guys so much for spending a little time talking Boudin with me on How to Lunch Thank you. My guests at Out to Lunch Acadiana today have been Shana Crater and Danae DeVille, owners of the Best Stop Cajun Market and Karen Crow. We edited this conversation to fit into our time slot here on KRVS, and you can hear our unedited conversation and find out more about Danae and Shana by listening to the Out to Lunch Acadiana podcast. You can find and subscribe on your podcast app and on our website, it's acadiana.com. If you want to know what we all look like, you can find photos from this show on itsacadiana.com and on our Out to Lunch Acadiana social media. These photos were taken by... Aster Morgan, and you can find more of Aster's photos at astermorgan.com. Out to Lunch Acadiana is a production of INO Broadcasting for itsacadiana.com and KRVS 88.7 FM. The producer of our show is Grant Morris. Our technical producer is Eric Merle. Our associate producers are Molly Richard and Chad Terrio. Our researcher is Leah Erdialis, and today's show was engineered by Dylan Babineau. I'm Christian Mader. I'm editor of The Current, Lafayette's nonprofit news outlet. For stories deeper than the headlines, head to thecurrentla.com. Join me next time for more business and conversation on Out to Lunch Acadiana. Bye-bye. Out to Lunch Acadiana was recorded live over lunch at Tsunami Sushi on Jefferson Street in downtown Lafayette. Tsunami is open Tuesday through Saturday for lunch and dinner, serving sushi, sashimi, salads, and authentic Japanese grilled dishes. Tsunami welcomes casual dining or reservations. More information at servingsushi.com. Major support for Out to Lunch is provided by the law firm of Jones Walker, established in 1937 with over 375 attorneys in offices throughout the U.S., providing a comprehensive range of services to a local, national, and international client base. JonesWalker.com. And by Sunday Soda Fountain. Nostalgic classics like ice cream sundaes, house-made sodas, and even libations. On Jefferson Street in downtown Lafayette. Mitchell Foreman wrote and performs all the music on Out to Lunch. You can hear Mitchell's music anywhere great jazz is sold or streamed and at MitchellForeman.com. If you'd like to be part of Out to Lunch, to learn how your business or organization can become an Out to Lunch program partner, email info at inobroadcasting.com.